Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. It's freezing here. It's close to zero degrees centigrade. It usually doesn't go down this much, but uh, you know, I uh, just wanted to let you know that it's really, really cold in California. Today we're going to talk with Major Madan Kumar, and we're going to cover this Dawlat Big Oldie Airport, its history, its criticality, and what had happened over the years, uh, and uh, where things stand now. And then we'll take a look at our favorite topic Pakistan and then China. Major Madan, Namaskar and welcome to P Guru's channel. Namaskaram sir, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Jai Hind. Jai Hind, welcome to you also. Major, first off, we're going to put up a quick slide so that you can talk to it about the history of Dawlat Bay Goldie, what had happened and why it was stopped in 65 and so on and so forth. So with your permission, we'll put that slide up. There you go, sir. Yes, sir. So we got the very, this is a very indicative map, not to scale. So we can see uh, the DBO uh, at the far end of Akshay Chin. Uh, Akshay Chin is a territory which we ceded uh, post the 1962 uh, uh, defeat. China is still holding the grounds. They have not vacated it. And uh, we can also see the DS uh, DBO road. So this is the one uh, which connects the DBO. That would be the old times. Uh, uh, one of the king uh, used to pass through this, and they used to rest. It's kind of a, uh, it's a dry meadow we can call it. So that's a place uh, which is. This is like looking at the map. Look at uh, the importance of this uh, particular location. Yeah, uh, Leh and Ladakh. And other side we have uh, the Chinese border. And we have all the strategic uh, locations. Above uh, north of Akshayashin would be the glacier, Siachen Glacier. So this is a very, very uh, key and a strategic location as far as India is concerned for two things. One, uh, to retain and to hold grounds uh, post the 1962 defeat. And uh, this is vital to protect lay. Uh, and secondly, uh, the claim line which we have and the claim on exciting which we uh, legitimately have if we are going to lose this particular uh, location and you know we are not going to ever in our dreams even with whatever the might we may build in in the future we will not be able to recapture those locations third this is a very very important location as far as the indian air force is concerned to provide vital logistic support uh, to the forward formations and the troops deployed there so there is an all other road which we are trying to build, but still, uh, you know, way back in 62, this, the only way you can uh, send logistics uh, was by air. And it was a very, very challenging. We never had such aircrafts as well at those point of time, even as late as uh, 99, we can say. Uh, today, we have a modern fleet of Globemasters, which we uh, landed a uh, couple of years before. So. Uh, providing logistic supports, fuel, ammunition, uh, weapons, and possibly everything which is needed in a war for a soldier, uh, it has to land in this particular airfield. So this advanced landing ground in DBO is one of the most key point which at any cost India cannot afford to lose. Now, Major Madan, I want to take you back to 2008. Uh, up until then, this uh, airfield was uh, not actually fit for landing. 
and an air marshal Barbora, I think, if I'm not wrong, uh, I'm not pronouncing it wrong. Air marshal decided that something needed to be done. Yeah. Yes. Why is air marshal P.K. Barbora? Uh, P.K. Barbora, and he decided that this has to be repaired, and himself. He himself landed the first flight. I mean, he was one of the passengers or I don't know if he was piloting that plane. Walk us through a little bit of that. Why did the government kind of ignore this place given its importance? I'll just take you back to 1962, sir, when Jawaharlal Nehru yes. was a prime minister. Yes. So we had this great character called Menana Sir, defense minister, uh, the kind of miss they made at that point of time. Even today, we are still our army uh, and the forces are paying the price. Uh, on 23rd July 1962, Indian Air Force did a daring attempt of landing an uh, C-119 pocket aircraft in this airfield. That was the first landing which was made by a country. At those point of time, uh, just 15 years, how much of uh, the technical know-hows, uh, people actually, the public, uh, the common citizen of India didn't celebrate it. Uh, even the media, the politicians, it was, it was never shown as an achievement. But uh, imagine in Delhi's Palam airport, when the Indian Air Force was planning this operation of landing this aircraft, transport aircraft there, it's a, it's a World War vintage aircraft. So as we go up and up and up in the altitude, you know, the engine speed reduces. The atmosphere gets rarefied and the engine speed you know, it gets reduced. So can we land at such low speeds? That's the biggest challenge which in any aircraft has. So uh, to boost up the speed, the existing pocket two engines, what IAF did at that point of time, yeah. So what, uh, uh, you know, IAF did at that point of time is uh, they asked Hindustan Aeronautical Limited to put an additional engine over the aircraft so that it gives the boost, the power while landing and taking off. The balance of the time that the engine will not be used. So they wanted to put an engine retrofit. It is like, uh, it's a most possibly the jugad or the crude way of doing it. You know, <laughs> uh, but that's a kind of uh, innovation which, which was running in our veins. They tried with one particular engine. They simulated that uh, in Palam Airport in Delhi. And they extrapolated the data. Pushing up to 14,000 feet, how this aircraft will behave on land. Unfortunately, the results were not satisfactory. Then after, they had a jet pod engine fitted uh, on this aircraft, on the, you know, uh, head of this aircraft. But the trial again, they could get this uh, right at this time. And still, there is no guarantee that the aircraft will land. It may crash as well. So, uh, they extrapolated the data, flight data of it. And finally, uh, they decided to do this daring attempt of uh, landing that aircraft in DBO airstrip. So finally, on 23rd July 1962, we landed it. And then after, uh, till 65, we were trying to do uh, frequent sorties with the only one single aircraft. We never had any other aircraft. Uh, 66, we had a huge earthquake. The airstrip was completely damaged. So from 66 till 2008, almost for 43 years, Indian Air Force, uh, the various com commanders, the various uh, air chiefs have repeatedly asked the various governments in succession, uh, be it Rajiv Gandhi, I.K. Gujral, V.P. Singh, Deva Gauda, you know, uh, to give them permission to rebuild this airstrip and to land it because it was a highly suspectable location. 
on the other hand from 99 till almost 2008 chinese were building massive airstrips and uh, you know build up in the other side of the map which we saw, saw just now for god's sake if china would have decided to invade us we would have lost layan ladakh so this is the area where you can see uh, the akshay chin and uh, that is a very most controversial pangongso lake uh, towards the east uh, from there you can see as we move towards north you can see hot springs and then uh, the two valleys uh, galwan valley and then it goes all the way till dbo now this side of uh, the eastern side of uh, dbo they did a parallel infrastructure if you look at a map today they have built up n number of infrastructure but we haven't done anything uh from 1965 to almost till 2008 nothing was done the road connectivity was still poor uh there was nothing literally there's nothing on ground there was no connectivity as pro flies uh, if the distance of 50 km will have to be covered uh, over a road journey of almost 8 to 12 hours so that was the situation and most of our army was on foot uh, it was on the soldiers will and strength and determination and his uh, training they were able to reach uh, those locations and those times we had a, a, a bunch of itbp guarding that along with few uh, deaths of uh, detachments of army many of us doesn't know uh, in the kargil war everybody knows the history of what pakistan did or india did but china uh, it, during 98 all the way till 2004 during atal ji's time when he was the prime minister there were 24 attempts made by chinese pla to take over dbo there were incursions there was fight whatever we see it on the video to, you know televisions today there were 24 attempts made by chinese pla but they guarded foot their foot on ground and uh, they possibly did every possible thing uh, to you know hold this area so that's the importance which we have as far as uh, dbo is concerned now coming to 2008 we had a very very capable and a man of uh, you know high grade steel air chief uh, fali homi major he was the air chief at that point of time and uh, his vice air chief uh, the western air command chief uh, whom you mentioned uh, general gentleman uh, pk barbora he was the one uh, who insisted that we need to rebuild this and we need to land our aircraft Uh, otherwise this is going to create a lot of problem for us because the other side has been building up massive but they uh, took a call not to inform the uh, the government on uh, of the day which is the upa congress led upa government and uh, shri ak antony was the defense minister they did all the preparations the airship was cleaned uh, it was repaired and all the aircraft parameters were uh, done the same simulation was done in elsewhere uh, in an air base finally on 20 2008 they landed this aircraft uh, after 1962 so after 43 years of gap we landed our aircraft uh, transport aircraft uh, back in uh, dbo airstrip and then this was informed to then defense minister uh, ak antony and subsequently to the prime minister of the day uh, shri manmohan singh when this was done uh, ak antony was actually leaving to uh, china Uh, to hand over the uh, relief material for the earthquake which happened in china so the chinese had asked for a flag meet the chinese were disappointed that's a diplomatic word disappointed and were, were actually they were furious 
of india landing uh, their aircraft in our own territory so <laughs> when this was told to uh, the government the government immediately uh, summoned the chief and asked him why did you do this without our permission we haven't given you any written permission and uh, uh, the uh, uh, pk barbora who was the air who retired as a air vice chief so he was also summoned because he was a western air uh, chief at that point of time he was summoned and he was asked the same question why did you do this so this with this highest level of integrity and honesty the uh, leader whom i respect the most stood up to the government and said my job as a western air chief is to provide logistic support to the indian army in leh ladakh the 14 15 and the 16 core srinagar leh and ladakh to do that there is no road which is available the only connectivity is air connectivity so uh, helicopters we know how much of payload they can carry so i had done my duty and we are informing you so the only person who was aware up in the hierarchy was then had chief uh, fali homi major he had risked his job no general would do this he is a air chief he would have retired in the good books of the government would have become a governor in a you know union territory would have lived his happy retirement life ever but we had such a leaders with spunks who stood up and said wrong is wrong and right is right to the government which was senseless which was not serious about uh, threats which was coming in uh, from the eastern border which was not ready to even buy a single aircraft in spite of air chief presenting a serious paper that we are forget about uh, you know two front war we are not even ready for a one front war such is the leadership of him and uh, uh, pk barbora that today uh, whatever build ups we have achieved now we have been landing our globe masters uh, very easily in that uh, airbase and we have built up a sizable fortification there and and uh, we are air bases uh, and detachments in that location so the start was in 2008 we had broken the jinx in the, the in the fear of china uh, any prime minister in this 43 years have kept on postponing things you know the easiest thing is to postpone whatever the toughest task in your life so these are the two gentlemen the two great leaders from the indian air force who stood up and and the ground soldiers and the pilots who dare to do this it's a daring act we unfortunately we keep celebrating wrong things uh you know a movie like uh, patan where uh, 50 i think a 60 year old hero uh, does some magic and you know it gets hyped up unfortunate uh, we need to uh, highlight this i messaged me that you know let's speak up to uh, speak up to uh, about this particular topic now when uh, uh, when this interview came up Uh, of the uh, you know the marshal air marshal uh, pk babora the comment the question was asked to ak antony uh, then defense minister uh, this is what we are hearing and what's your comment on it he said uh, in the capacity of uh, an ex defense minister uh, i prefer not to comment the beauty is the beauty is now we come to the beauty of it how politics works once this was open in the air the congress upa government then went and claimed the that see we have done this their <laughs> ministers including the prime minister was not even aware they were not even aware if they would have if god for god's sake if this two uh, you know uh, a marshals would have gone and sought permission this would have never happened it's such a strategic location you would have chopped off uh, you know parts of leh and ladakh 
and leaving around 1.5 lakh of uh, the indian army there so such is the leadership they didn't say but these guys are quick enough to come and take the credit that see we are not afraid of china and uh, and a very interesting thing when this was disclosed to uh, then defense minister ak antony he asked now what should i tell china the general replied the air marshal replied see we are doing it in our territory and china has got nothing no business in it so the way you that's how your soldier responds right so the way you want to communicate you can communicate and when they came back like chinese didn't ask us anything they call at the ground level they call for a flag meeting nothing happened they didn't actually come turn up for a flag meeting chinese also ignored it so these guys are so happy the upa government the ministers were so happy that you know luckily you know god said chinese didn't ask me anything so we will now claim the credit so they went ahead and uh, you know did that uh, uh, dandora of you know the the mightiest landing after 1962 13 july we have landed our uh, thing here it's a milestone achievement and uh, what not uh, we are we going to show one more picture go ahead and show that please So um, we're going to give you a couple of links, viewers, in the description section, so you can read all about this. You know how uh, this this government has no spine. I have one other data point that I want to share with you, Major Madan. In 2011, the then Home Minister actually wrote a letter of apology to China, saying that we will never use this airport. <laughs> Please go ahead, sir. And sir, when sir, this is these are the same people. you know uh, the the most they their uh, most promising youth leader till date with a bearded look uh, shri rahul gandhi uh, they have been asking that you know we have lost 2000 kilometers of territory we have done, not the government has not done anything the government has not done anything so when you speak something like this allegations are good anybody can do it what was your actions in the in the past 50 years or let's take the last 10 years let's forget about the nehru gandhi and uh, you know till Ra- Ra- rajiv gandhi we, we can ignore it in fact rajiv gandhi i would credit him uh, for increasing the defense budget to 4.17% during his tenure and getting in the all the mirages which the air force was desperately needing you know we, we should thank that man for uh, doing that at the right juncture there were a lot of criticism on him uh by the leftish uh, left those uh, those part of time the left criticized them heavily that you know people are dying out of hunger there is no food and you are increasing the defense budget uh, doubling the defense budget but they don't have any answer to what the mess they have created in the in the 10 years and remember the gdp was good the growth rate was at around 10% it was excess of 7% they claim so such a fancy data in spite of 2008 9 the global uh, bubble burst lehman uh, brothers and we have wasted everything you know we have done everything but this is the basic which the the forces have been asking and you didn't had any guts to uh, do it and uh, in the floor of parliament in 2012 uh, shri ak antony while answering a question on uh, china i think uh, Sushma Sarajji asked this question about what is happening with uh, this thing. Why roads are not getting built? He said, "On document, it's still available on online. We have not developed northeast. We have not done any developmental activities, road infrastructure whatsoever in northeast. Because the moment we do it, China will get angry, and we will have a confrontation with China. So that's the reason we have not done anything." 
Well, viewers, uh, you will not get this thing in MSM. I'm very proud to happy and uh, proud and happy to say that, you know, we took, we promised you in the previous uh, hangout with uh, Sri Rajagopalan that we will get to the bottom of this saga and explain to you. And, and thank you, Major, for explaining what happened. Let's hope that there is no other repercussions that the Air Marshal has to face for having done this to save Bharat Mata. Um, Major, now let's take a quick look at what is happening in Pakistan. Now, we everybody is reading now they have only 100 million left because the 3 billion they cannot touch. So, you know, there's a red line that Saudi Arabia has drawn saying, we'll give you 3 billion, you cannot touch that thing. It is only for some emergency stuff. So if you take that away, they have only 100 million left. And in 100 million, I'm hearing now, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, salaries have been stopped, pensions have been stopped, there isn't en enough uh, petrol going around. Food grains are going through the roof. And, and uh, whatever food grains and vegetables that were imported, they are all rotting in the ports because they don't have money to clear those things. I mean, where is this country headed, Major? So let's see three things, so classify into three things. What is, first is economy. We all know that they have been left with no forex now. There is yes. no foreign reserve. They, do, they are left with no dollars. I uh, spoke to a couple of my friends uh, out there. The, uh, the dollar exchange rate uh, set by the State Bank of Pakistan is around 265. Now, today it has gone down to gone up to 275. But in the market, you don't even get a dollar uh, even for 310 rupees. That's just today's actual status. They can publish whatever they want, but actually there are no dollars left to do any sort of import. That's point number one. Second, Uh, bank, the central bank of Pakistan doesn't have dollars, so they cannot issue the letter of credit to any importer. So be it oil, essentials, food, medicine, they don't have letter of credit. So all the shipping lines have put the consignments on hold because they don't even have money to clear the shipping charges. Forget about the, you know, the consignment, the product value is something different. They don't have money to even do the shipping charges. Now, when this happens in the freight industry, the shipping industry, the containers has to shuffle. Even though the volume is so low, the containers have to keep moving. They have a network. It comes to Karachi, from Karachi it comes to Mumbai, from Mumbai it goes to Colombo, from Colombo it goes to Singapore, Changi. Uh, then from there it keeps on moving. You know, the ship doesn't uh, stay in uh, anchors in a place. Now, because of this, the ships are, even if they want to import something, the ships are not ready to go there. Because there is a complete chaotic situation which is happening. Their uh, vital, uh, uh, you know, nerve of the economy, which is the fuel, they are running out of fuel. On average, five to six hours is the queue which which is happening in the cities in Karachi and you know places like Lahore and Peshawar. Now imagine what will happen in a rural area. They have run out of uh, cooking gas as well. Now uh, above all this, their intellectual uh, Pakistani intellectuals who run this country have one of a leader, the government, uh, you know, the, the, the minister in the government has given an interview. Ablog Kamsegam, Pans Dinka, stock Karlo Garpe. You know, start stocking up food grains and this thing at least for five days. Now, this resulted in hoarding. Whoever had the liquid cash, they went ahead and, you know, they bought all this. Now, there's a food shortage as well. One more journalist who uh, focus uh, specifically, I can't take names because of security reason. So this guy focuses more on the rural Pakistan. 
he said now uh, the pa- typical rural family of pakistan around 6 to 10 kids because family planning is haram as per this guys they never did this uh, family planning exercise so 6 to 10 is the average now the females are supposed to uh, be at home take care of the home manage the cattle you know do all the household and stuff now because of all the crisis which is happening they are now pushing all the children to go for work 70% of their population cannot do basic mathematics even at the sta- you know the level of 8th standard that's the level of education which they have been building in have been built in the system for quite some time now uh, when all the people go out till yesterday there were four males and four females and only four males were job now today the women are also going now and all the four men are going ab ghar se jao you know go out of the house earn something and come back that's how the house is going to run now the poor girls the pakistani women in the rural area have been put under uh, so much of distress that uh, in the name of uh, you know uh, the bride they call it as a bride you know uh, they have been they have started selling women this is the reality no mainstream media speaking of women that's the most ugliest thing and the most painful thing which a nation can undergo to sell their own women that's been happening in the rural pakistan none of their media is covering it mainstream media is covering it one guy tried it so they have been he has been arrested and put in jail now now comes the urban elite of pakistan who are uh, filthy rich who are uh, richy rich and rich one rich so this guys have started smuggling their money out through afghanistan they have this cartel with afghanistan the balance of whatever dollars left with the us dollars left with is been smuggled through afghanistan goes to iran and then to europe so 8 lakh pakistanis have already left the legal immigration we don't know what is the illegal immigration there is no data to it now uh, the afghani currency which was banned in pakistan you can carry i think around uh, 3 lakh uh, afghani uh, currency into pakistan when you enter there all this is completely a you know black market it's not accounted no taxes paid there is no immigration check there is no excise duty no import duty nothing so that side of thing is freely moving so these guys have started moving out their money out and uh, they have been pushing it on continuously now the power companies the chinese power companies have started giving the bills which has been pending for more than 6 to 8 months now the generally the power is, is basically given for 3 months and the max is 6 months now iran is also providing power supply to pakistan now they have also stopped it they are giving intermittent shocks to to tell them to pay back now who are the people who are going to help them out they are all whether iron friend deeper than sea you know taller than sky all this nonsense chinese they are saying we will help you to get the imf loan the moment you get the imf loan pay us the interest so china is also waiting for them to get the imf loan to pay the interest major cpec project committees have been dissolved it's not stop postponed it has been dissolved now coming to saudi saudi is very very clear as you said we'll give you the bare minimum to survive to you know to make people live because saudi depends on their uh, human resource in terms of drivers sweepers cleaners all these guys go in so these that's the which they have in pakistan uae has also planned it very very simple you end your obsession with kashmir 
speak to india open your uh, 17 trade routes which you have with india and at least try to leverage the indian currency that's a message given by uae now their uh, muslim brotherhood turkey we know what is happening in turkey so there is no way turkey is going to help them iran is no in no position to help them because they have been uh, getting cozy with uh, americans and russia made it very very clear russia has in fact given a warning to uh, this guys you stop giving arms to ukraine otherwise you are going to face the music It will come through taliban now they have been left with no other options and this idiots have been ranting about kashmir even now just before entering the show i saw sabah sharif uh, you know giving a speech that we are with kashmiri brothers we are not going to leave them we are a nuclear power if india puts its evil eye on us buri nazar dalenge to we'll daba denge we'll thwart india this you know this is this is pakistanis have given up I, i'll tell you earlier when i used to put some tweets on this these guys used to come and troll abuse my forefathers grandfathers and you know the fifth generation <laughs> whom i even personally don't know but they have also started sensing that you know this guys when they we, we we may troll them fine but they speak some sense kashmir and the five wars which they fought because of kashmir let's take the reference of 1970 pakistan's per capita income was 65% more than india today they are 35% less than india you take any economic index poverty line you know uh, ease of living uh, comfort roads infrastructure anything pakistan was actually better than us we should admit it now because of this five wars islamization and the fundamentalism which they developed uh, the ziaism so called ziaism which ziaullah had developed and then was further nurtured nurtured by idiots like parvesh mushraf they are in such a situation now but even today the voice of dissent is getting muted brutally gavadar good magazine you know newspapers one is uh, the pioneer and the second is the dawn they are not able to get any information any sort of information from gavadar gavadar port is under tremendous pressure the chinese are getting rocked up uh, the baluchi not only the baluchi rebels the common civilian the, the baluchi uh, man and the, the you know you know the pastunis living there are doing mad major huge massive protest they are not letting it covered same thing is happening in khyber pakhtunkhwa it is happening in gilgit it is happening in northwest frontier province uh, you know the talibanis have are taking them for a ride now in northwest pro- pro- province which is the kp and waziristan uh, their police is out on streets and then they say the so called mass bomb the you know the monday bomb blast in the mass uh, where 100 policemen got killed butchered was not done by tariki taliban it was done by isa they are out yes. on streets said enough is enough don't fool us and there is a mass resignation which is happening people are also fed up who is going to maintain the law and order nobody knows they don't want to get in the hardline sharia law of tariki taliban um, we have momentarily lost uh, major madan and i'm sure he'll come rejoin back and uh, in the meantime please like this video there's new stuff that is emerging that you probably have not seen before and uh, uh, major madan we lost you for just a moment and i just yeah. want to finish one line before we come back to you uh, so please like share and subscribe to our channel and don't forget to click on the bell button for notifications over to you major 
so that's how sir economically we have seen security wise things are not doing well uh, they so called uh, you know uh, you know talibans have broken the you know shackles of uh, thing is happening uh, talibanis are now uh, very very clear they said there is no more uh, you know uh, this anti indian stand which you want to build up there are five factions in uh, taliban out of which two are anti india now all of them are settled now talibans are insisting on a direct flight connectivity between kabul and delhi they are very very clear in what they want they want to restart they want to restart the friendship or i would say build up the friendship existing friendship with india taliban has also sent out a clear uh, communication to the ranks and files including the akani network and ttp any indian who is going to come and work here in terms of projects engineers or whoever it is should not be touched and they should be treated with utmost respect so taliban is thinking in those lines on the other hand they have been brutal in terms of handling this uh, pakistanis so they said there is no business there is no way that you know you are going to uh, blame us and if you try any of your stunts with your f15 aircrafts we are going to make another one uh, 1971 moment for you this so they are very very clear baluchis are fighting they have stepped up the attacks the lone wolf attacks and the gorilla attacks on the military installations and also the chinese have gone up the entire gavadar port is under siege nothing is happening there uh, the common uh, the fisherman folks of uh, baluchis and even the pashtunis they are up against the people there they have been heavy curfew uh, there have been internet shutdowns and there have been complete blackout in the khyber pakhtunkhwa province it's very very clear they said we are baltis we want to go across skardu or kargil road you know usko khol do we are one let's we will at least survive here uh, uh now the balance sindhis are also uh, up in arms now sindhis are also up in arms now uh, sindhudesh protest have come up they are connecting themselves culturally with india which is actually the fact now what is actually left is uh, the punjab of pakistan which is which is the you know the western uh, punjab uh, which is actually left with now it is free for all jisko jo marzi chahiye karo you know whoever is you know the survival of the fittest template comes in there whoever can run run out of the country whoever can smuggle their dollars out they smuggle their dollars out whoever can loot you loot it it's it's completely free for all and the army chief has been missing he is busy meeting a few uh, bankers senior bankers of uk and us for his retirement whatever he has earned now he will shift it and he'll move out now now i am two major things one is increase in power tariff by almost 12 rupee per unit second is to increase cut down the fuel subsidies third is to cut down the fertilizer subsidies and fourth is to give a interim budget to do a immediate tax collection of 300 million pakistani rupee i think it's close to 1 billion pakistani rupee fifth is they have been very very clear cut down the pin you know the rawal pin the tail the big lengthy you know find of lagami they have they have clearly told uh, to cut down their defense budget maybe over a period of time but you need to take some measures to cut down the defense budget shabash sharif has to have the approval of chief of army staff chief of army staff is yet to return i think he is planning to return tomorrow so the, they are begging the imf guys to hold you know about let the army chief come we will do something and agree to it and sense uh, because next year is going to be the election i don't know who is going to sponsor their elections now they don't have money to print those uh, bell papers so now 
uh, even if they get this let's be fair even if they get this imf uh, tranche of say 6 to say 7 billion dollars nothing is going to change we are going to see the same thing happening in precisely after 5 to 6 months so essentially we are kicking down the kicking the can down the road with uh, practically no idea of where things will go so um, well well i think we have parked it at a nice place let's take a look at what is happening in china uh, one balloon losing its uh, course and floating across us can be accepted but now there is stories coming of several balloons over latin america over uh, one more near us again so china is really getting a, a backlash from the west see this is the first time major that an enemy uh, anything has been spotted over mainland united states anybody with a telescope could see this balloon going across and suddenly people are saying oh my god two world wars have been fought nobody ever dared to come to our shores but the chinese are here so there is a feeling of you know scare in you know that's natural because you've never had this thing before so uh, us is really bristling and today there is a state of the union address by president biden i bet you he'll not talk a word about this balloon he'll just talk about economy or some other bullshit anyway that's just my two cents um, major madan all these balloons even they floated a couple over uh, andaman when the exercises were going on naval exercises were going on break it down for us what exactly are they going to know now that they did not know before uh i had fact checked the andaman thing it was first actually published by a local andaman daily they had put up this photograph uh, they said that you know these are the people who have seen this and uh, they have put up the query to the naval because andaman we you know we have a integrated command but primarily it has been commanded by the naval naval officers navy officers uh, is this a weather balloon is it been who has who has fly you know sent it why is it flying at the current time where the military drills are taking on and so on so Air Force have uh, clarified it. Uh, even the local administration has clarified it. It's, it's a size. The size is quite different. It's a smaller balloon, balloon, weather balloon, which take it basically takes care of uh, the humidity, you know, uh, the air pressure and the air wind speed and the di- direction and so on. So the basic air parameters. So there is no uh, evidential proof that the balloon of this size, or we can say three size, uh, three times the size of a school bus, or an airship, or a spy ship uh, spy balloon ship we call that has not been seen uh, as far as the india especially the andamans are concerned similar reports surfaced up uh, in indonesia as well indonesia has also clarified that you know it's something different it is nothing to do with weather balloons they keep flying every med department keeps flying now uh, coming to this main uh, chinese issue two things we need to note sir first is i'm forgetting the technical name of it there is a joint command center Uh, which is present in atlantic north atlantic which is basically between manned by canada canada and uh, america are you talking about norad n o r a d norad yeah 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 norad was the first time the first one to report that you know so and so balloon is flying uh, in the canadian uh, this thing and now it has moved into a latin american nation and uh, we have been tracking it the second one which was shot down near south carolina so that's we all know it but when this question was asked to the you know the defense officials of us they dodged it they said no we don't have an idea there are two countries which are manning norad 
and one nation says that you know we identified this from the norad command center and the other guy says i don't know about it so there's something fishy they they kind of distance themselves and when the next question was asked you know what are you going to do about it they said that whichever country you know latin american countries they are up to them to decide what they want we are going to focus only on the balloon which is flying uh, in north carolina and we are going to shoot it down you know the 12 nautical mile uh, thing second the timing of this identification this thing uh, blinken was supposed to visit uh, china to refresh and kind of reboot the indo i mean chinese uh, china american trade uh, that was put on hold now uh, the third thing which comes up is china always plays very very smartly the entire world is looking at the balloons right and they may be doing something else this is very much possible we really don't know always focus on the balloon beat uh, you know msm beat youtube channels beat social media everywhere it is all about balloons and memes related to balloons they may be doing something else this is what india did precisely during pokhran 2 nuclear test we did, we were showing some moment elsewhere and pakistan was too much and american spy satellites were actually focusing on the western theater but we ended up you know detonating a, a nuclear uh, device in pokhran so we may not know we really don't know what is happening there and uh, the american response uh, by shooting down at the rafter you know on the side winger that's fine but when it was asked you know we have shot it down will you hand over the debris they said no no we are not going to hand over the debris but uh, our relations are not going to deteriorate so why do you need to even tell this china has been vocal and they have been literally their tone is different friend think they said we we you know such a act by us will have its repercussion it's a clear threat it's a clear threat and the posture is posturing is very very clear they are very very assertive but the response from us as you said like it's never heard of uh, after pearl harbor or something of this sort uh, going on yeah in between when soviet was there this guy both these guys had the agreement of open skies where you know each other's aircraft can go into each other's territory but this has been quite surprising there is more to it it's just a tip of the iceberg which we are all uh, discussing now china can or to do will would have been doing something else that is one now coming to the technicalities of it this balloon we all know the size discussed uh, it has not drifted so there is a met expert uh, who spoke from the singapore university i happened to see his interview he said see if i want to do a meteorological survey i'll do it on my sky on top of me and if at the at the max if the you know balloon gets uh, drifted it'll end up going to taiwan south china sea or at the max to uh, you know japan it cannot fly from pacific all the way to uh, you know uh, atlantic and at the strategic locations on the missile sites of us it's not a coincidence so it cannot be a weather balloon so they suspect that this is the one thing which is evident from the photograph is it's got a solar panel to power itself uh they also believe that it has got a propeller so there is a decent amount of propulsion which can be done i happened to speak uh, speak to one of my friend uh, who is a satellite imagery he said uh, see satellite imagery is expensive first of all and there is a very limited amount of time you can keep it over a location because it keeps orbiting it again has to come back to the same location again to do that mapping so there are certain photographs of insulation which you actually study 
but if you are not able to judge what is it is it a silo or is it a you know thermonuclear tower or it's a nuclear power plant we don't know what is it exactly is it an empty silo or so this uh, altitude of 35000 and so with the high resolution cameras this can give exact pictures so the satellite imagery along with the images taken by this so called balloon can actually help them to you know decide on what military asset is it or what strategic asset is it and how it can be targeted well we have to wait and see what the reality is uh, by the way there have been very loud noises now with uh, the house being a republican majority that uh, they are going to probe into hunter biden's finances the interesting thing here is everybody is looking at hunter biden's relationship with china whereas his exposure in ukraine is 10 times more 10 times more they literally uh, you know hyped out the, they took out the entire a bank deposits of a bank in ukraine and the entire thing found its way into us many people don't even know about this and that that has all the footprints of mr joe biden who was the vice president at that time and as well as hunter biden so, so there are there are big things happening here i don't know how far the republicans are going to be able to push this thing because on the senate they failed to get the majority if they had got majority in the senate things are I mean, totally different let's wait and see how it plays out Thank you so much, Major Madan. And we have a few questions for you. If you have a few minutes, we can take those questions. Sure, sir. We can take. We can take. We can yeah. Take. Let's go with questions, please. We have more, 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 more or less four or five questions, and let's quickly rifle through them. Uh, Magnet Ranga wants to know: Is the Chinese balloon just an innocent weather balloon, as the Chinese claim? No, no, no. It is not an innocent weather balloon. Innocent weather balloon size is different. It has been very clearly uh, uh, described, or you know, assessed by the experts. It's a clearly a spy balloon. it's got cameras it's got sensors and it flies at a certain altitude it's got a solar panel uh, powered uh, uh, you know powered uh, me- mechanism there it also supposed to have a propeller so this is not a weather balloon next question please sas wants to know ajit doval visit to uk also coinciding i think us ajit doval visit to uk also coinciding with pak army munir also visiting london what's happening there in the larger picture So this visit is uh, to lot to do with uh, what is happening in the country currently uh, the soft uh, so called the soft hits which we are getting and also on the strategically uh, we know in terms of uh, what is happening with russia ukraine and also to do with uh, afghanistan and pakistan stability uh, munir uh, has met two major banks uh, senior officials they got nothing he has no business to meet them an army chief is supposed to meet uh, diplomats he's supposed to meet the defense possibly the british intelligence and the leadership he has nothing to do with them so there see the back channel talks between india pakistan generally happens in uk generally happens in dubai uh, these locations but that's not the only agenda this may be a coincidence but if there are chances they would have met and such things but with the current dispensation be it uh, asim munir or be it shabar sharif or be it anyone India cannot afford to go with any sort of agreement with any of them because down four months we don't know who is going to be there. True, true. Next question, please. Uh, Rithik Great wants to know: Will Pakistan become like Afghanistan after default? See, Afghanistan is a one nation. They have been one nation for, in spite of you know, seven hundred, eight hundred years of continuous invasion on them. They are one nation. Pakistan is not. It's not a one nation. don't compare afghanistan with pakistan because afghani nationalism is very very high they they we may call them terrorists fine 
they have orbit terrorists they have uh, taken the route of terrorism to achieve their political goals but it's a one nation we cannot uh, compare that with it pakistan you could essentially uh, uh, call it uh, those four provinces khyber uh, pakhtunkhwa then you have sindh then you have punjab and you have baluch they all feel that the you know the sindhi sindhi sindhu desh believe that if i am out of this very stupid country i am going to grow like bangladesh baluchis also believe the same thing if i am going to be out of this nonsense this stupid country i am going to at least be like uh, bangladesh they are more left oriented they see you know they see the central uh, republican nations the punjabis are the only one the pakistani punjabis are the only one left with now who amass power who have amassed wealth who have been doing everything so this will this is a quite a different story next question please we are having a little bit of technical difficulties listening uh, hearing major madan so we'll have to try probably two more and then we'll wind it up mathbox 2.0 wants to know are we able to build our own iron dome will india get one do we need one see need definitely we need definitely we need but we don't have cities under such threat like tel aviv uh, what israel has in their uh, west bank but definitely we need it uh, as far as uh, protecting our capital is concerned delhi and as far as protecting our commercial capital is concerned mumbai they both are vulnerable we need such systems for sure and uh, tactically we may need this uh, considering the missile deployments the rocket uh, regiments of uh, china uh, but outright purchase of dome i don't think so it's a right option we need to build it ourselves we already have Uh, such systems in bits and pieces we have our own uh, missile systems in place so all those missile systems uh, has to be integrated and you know uh, a, such a system it may not be exactly like a iron dome but it will be the objective and the purpose of it will be the same next question please ajay kumar wants to know is it possible to take aksai chin at all does india really want it back yes we wanted back to secure our uh, strategic locations we wanted back but it's a very very distant dream of taking aksai chin back uh, because china is too strong we need to be you uh, know real we need to be uh, speaking real things china is far more powerful than us in terms of economy and military uh, strength maybe down 20 30 years uh, let's see how things uh, change out when our enemy weakens and we become a economic power we may attempt to do so next question please ragunandan wants to know 1947 to 48 war was planned by the british before our independence and pak foundation is flawed your view on it uh thanks ragu excellent question i just was you know did a detailed study on this and i published a tamil version of it in my channel but for all of you uh, who are non tamils we will have to show on this i, I have a yes, very yes. interesting and explosive story the real uh, truth of what has happened uh, you know we will speak about it uh, I, i would uh, request uh, wonderful wonderful you are on you are on, on next next week next week we'll do that for sure absolutely you are on major madan get get going i have been reading the book by major akbar khan this book is not in print anymore but somebody was kind enough to send me a pdf and i've been reading that and if he gives me permission i can even allow it to be seen by every one of you and uh, so very interesting stuff this is the guy who planned out the entire incursion in 1947 from
from uh, Kashmir to, to, to try and, you know, capture Kashmir by saying that they are going to have some, you know, people who are irregulars and so on. There was nothing irregular there. So we'll do that also. Next week, Major Madan, we'll, we'll be happy to host you, sir. Let's take a look at the next Thank question. Sir. Thank you, sir. Magnet Ranga wants to know, how safe are the nukes in Pakistan? Would Pakistan try to trade for trade this for survival? Magnet Ranga has been watching Arif Ajakia. There was a story, one full episode he did, did, devoted to this. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> See, we cannot rule out. We cannot rule out. Iran is very, very, very close to, uh, to uh, go live on a nuclear weapon. If that happens, the entire dynamics of Middle East and Asia, you know, Indo-Pacific changes. If Iran becomes ghost nuclear, it completely alters the dynamics of the world, which would uh, US would not want. Especially Israel would never like to have it. So Israelis are closely watching it. More than Americans, Israelis are watching it. In such scenarios, uh, Israel has its own ways and means of uh, preventing it. Definitely, they will prevent it. Uh, and also, that's the last card Pakistan has. If they preempted or if they play it without knowingly or unknowingly, their ends of story. Pakistan will be isolated like North Korea. We forget about uh, everything else. That's the only, uh, you know, the disgraceful thing saving them. If they're going to play that card, it's a societal for them. So I don't think so. They will do it. Next question, please. Uh, let's make it the last one. Virirago Narsiman wants to know how to stop the drug traffic from Pakistan to Punjab and India. Uh, see, it is too tough because the border is quite. Uh, I mean, the border is fenced. We have a very, we have a very good international border manned by BSF. But the threat of drones, uh, tunnels, we have found a way. There are few startups, a uh, uh, few hardwares which can actually detect tunnels. That's a very interesting update. But as far as drones are concerned, it's it's a menace. It's like, you know, you can't keep shooting at every crow that comes into your, uh, you know, terrace. So that's the kind of menace we have. Unfortunately, we have a government, uh, you know, AAP, the Ahmadmi Party government, where most of these guys are actually involved in this uh, trade. It suits everyone. It gains, you know, everybody gains in this. Uh, you know, the cops, everybody gains. I'm not saying all the cops and politicians are involved. A lot of them are involved there are stories uh, published by you know uh, the mainstream media about this so 100 uh, percent is it the responsibility of one is the trade which you know the consignment the stopping the logistics that can be done by bsf it's a central government's responsibility but uh, the trading inside the state has to be curtailed by the state government where they are in no mode as of now uh, i don't think so until or unless there is an electoral effect on this this is going to get curtailed well, I think uh, let's uh, last question. Darth Begum, why the Chinese couldn't use light blue color of the balloon at least to blend in? <laughs> the good question, but ultimately they want us to see it. Yes, that is the see, you have a point there, Major Madan, that you create noise here, activity is happening in this side. So there is something these guys are up to. And then that's the important thing that India needs to find out, US needs to find out. And we'll keep you posted. Major Madan, next week we'll have you back on the 1947-48 uh, conflict. Please get uh, all your uh, you know presentation or something like that if you have to do it. Be ready with that, sir. Let me know and I'll be very happy to host you. Viewers, we host uh, patriots like Major Madan for a good reason. That is that sometimes what happens is 
the me mainstream media has its own compulsions on how to tell a story and it usually gets buried in the noise i hope you understood the gravity of and, and the importance of why the dbo that action was taken by one air marshal there are patriots and india as in army major i mean i tip my hat to the armed forces all four of them amazing work they do and so do every country they your your armed forces are your pride and and when when you think about how the politicians go and wreck it wreck is the only word i can i can say even today colonel srikanth purohit is still waiting for justice and 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 that is a story that has to be covered on its own i will try and get that thing it breaks my heart major more than i'm telling you whenever i hear what has been happening there because the system has been so used to getting its kickbacks and other things they want to just keep this thing under wraps i'm sorry to digress thank you so much major madan and viewers please like share and subscribe to our channel don't forget to click on the bell button for notification we'll be back next week with 1947 48 kashmir conflict namaskar jai hind namaskar sir jai hind